You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. All right. If you got your Bibles, turn to First Chronicles. And uh, I, I'm telling you, this has been about two weeks just sitting here, just uh, fermenting in my notebook. And, uh, and actually, we just got back from a conference in Oklahoma. And I mean, Oklahoma. I can't even remember what state I've been in. Arkansas. And, uh, and I'm telling you, it was powerful. And the whole message uh, that, that I preached there at that conference in Arkansas came from this message right here. And, and, and I'm, it's... It, it's just been sitting here just brewing and brewing. And I'm telling you, I believe this is going to be probably one of the most powerfulest messages I've ever preached. One of the most life-changing and one of the most difficult, hard messages you'll hear. Because it involves a response. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22. Because the lack of teaching on this subject has amazed me throughout Christianity. And, and I, quite frankly, when God began to show us, uh, we were in the midst of of the pressure. We were in the midst of the mashing. We were in the midst of hurting, not understanding who God was. I mean, we were in a bind, y'all. And when I always say, and you've heard me say it, we praise God through gritted teeth. Lord, don't let my enemies triumph over me. Lord, don't let my enemies triumph over me in trying to make sense of what was going on. And listen, pastor couldn't help me. My wife, my, my wife couldn't. You know, she was crawled up in bed. You know, and she didn't know what was going on. I couldn't help her. I, matter of fact, I looked at God and I said, this is your fault. You get her out of bed. You know, I can't do this. I can't fix, you know, I mean, that's where I was at, y'all. And, and it was just a horrible time. But, and, and God began to show us something that, hey, where you're at, I'm fixing to take you somewhere where you can't even, you can't even fathom where you're headed. But you, to get to where you're going, you're fixing to have to let go of a lot of stuff. You're going to have to change a lot of you. And that's what's so tough. That's what's tough, is changing me. My thoughts, my actions, my words, my attitudes, come on. That's always the hardest part. And that's why these kind of messages get so difficult, is when we have to look in the mirror and reflect on the guy that's looking at us. See, the word says we look in the mirror and then we turn and leave and we forget what kind of scoundrel we really are. 
what kind of manipulator, deceiver, liar we forget. Listen, we, you know who we lie to the most? Ourselves. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 14. Now behold, this is David talking to Solomon and, and uh, Israel. Now behold, with great pains I have prepared, with great pains I have prepared for the house of the Lord. A thousand talents of gold, a million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond weight, for they are great they are in great quantity. Also timber and stone I have prepared. And this is, I love this part. And you may add to them. In other words, when you're going to prepare and prepare and prepare, but then don't think you can't add to it. Don't think you can't freshen it up a little bit. The number one mistake that the church in American culture has made is doing the same old thing over and over, singing the same old songs, doing the same, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? And we've just got in this cog of doing church the same old way all the time. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old, no, add to that, please. Add a drum. <laughs> Add something. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? David said, listen, I'm going to give you stuff without limit, but listen, be feel free to add to it. Keep it fresh. Keep something going on. Then he says, moreover, there are many workmen with you, stone cutters, masons of stone and carpenters, all men who are skillful in every kind of work of the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, there's no limit. Arise and work, and may the Lord be with you. Look what he says. There is many diverse skills and talents among you to see this come to pass. It takes everybody in here in the building of the house of the Lord. It takes every skill, every dynamic, and with all those different skills, all those different dynamics, comes all different personalities. <laughs> That's where we get in the problems. Come on. We got hundreds of different personalities in here. Everybody doesn't do things the same. Everybody doesn't talk the same. Everybody doesn't look the same. We got people with hair. We got people without hair. We got people who are cowboys. We got people who are hipsters. We got, we got it all. We got truckers and policemen. Holy smokes. Thank God they're brother-in-laws. Just found that out this morning. They were sitting next to each other. I was like, man, y'all know each other? <laughs> yeah, we're brother-in-laws. I see they separated, though. Look, didn't take long. But we got all kind of personalities in here. But we're all building and working. Come on. Of the gold, verse 16. Of the gold, the silver and the bronze and the iron, there's no limit. Arise and work, and may the Lord be with you. Verse 17, 
David also commanded, David also gave a charge all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon saying, he's talking now to the next generation. He's talking to the generation before and he's talking to the next generation. See, we are all in this together. The generation that we have now, there's an older generation in here and there's a younger generation and then there's even another younger generation. Listen, we've got to learn how to pass this thing on. It blesses me the families that are in here because when you get families building the house together, then you've got legacy. Then you've got longevity. Listen, the church will survive but we've got to teach some certain things for it to survive. Come on. David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the Lord and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Now this really stood out to me. He said, Isn't the, hasn't God given you rest? And then he says, Hasn't isn't the land been subdued? Didn't the Lord subdue the land through my hands? See, that's very important right there because we have a responsibility to occupy right now for the next generation. If we're going to give the next generation rest, if we're going to help them write their story, there's some things we need to do. There's a, there, we're going to have to roll up our sleeves and we're going to have to go to work. They're going to have to see that we, it's been painstakingly prepared for them, come on, to be able to continue building and adding to the house. Oh, man, come on. But look what he says. Now, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. That is, that is very, he says, be deliberate, be purposeful to pursue after the Lord. Be purposeful, be deliberate. Listen, one thing that I keep hearing is being uh, deliberate this year. One thing I keep hearing is consistency. One thing I keep hearing is to be intentional with your everyday life. Be intentional with your relationships with your kids. Be intentional on your job. Be intentional at the grocery store. Holy Spirit, what is my assignment today? Come on, being intentional. What do you want to do today? You know, I keep hearing intentional and I keep hearing consistent. Set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise therefore and build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you may bring the Ark of the Covenant. Listen, when we painstakingly begin to prepare for the house, it is what is bringing in the presence of God. Let me tell you, you could feel the presence of God come in this morning. 
You could feel the presence of God. Man, and, and I'm telling you, as he began, as the presence of God comes in, then let me tell you what happens. Clarity begins to happen. It, it's, then clarity starts, here's, here's where we're going. And, and just so you'll know, when praise and worship starts, I'm always looking at where we're headed. I want to be able to follow worship and know where we're going, what God's going to do. That's why in our services, I don't know if you ever pay attention, but a lot of times in our services, all the songs will line up with the message. And let me tell you, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Because we don't sit and I, I don't call Jack and say, okay, here needs to be the song list because here's what I'm preaching. No, we're looking to follow where the Holy Spirit's going. And that and that's just tells you how it, this ain't us. <laughs> Come on. That takes pressure off of me. And so when praise and worship starts, I'm always thinking, and it doesn't matter where I'm at in this country, any service that I'm sitting in, I'm always, especially if I'm to speak or to minister, I'm always trying to listen, where are we, where are we going? What are, you, what, what, are you, what are you fixing to say here? Because I know somebody needs to be ministered to, so I'm always looking, where are we going? And so when the Lord places on my heart, doesn't matter how you grew up, your kids don't have to grow up that way. Now, who did that minister to in here? Come on, look, look, look at the people. See, I, I'm trying to listen where we're going, where we're headed. And let me tell you something. This is for you too. You, th listen, you too can minister in that capacity. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives the gifts to whomever he wants. In any capacity, you just have to be willing to receive it. Mark has an amazing testimony of when he was having a knee surgery of being able to minister to his nurse. In a dream, the Lord gives him a dream and then all of a sudden she cut the... She comes in and he ministers the dream, changes her life. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, it's the Holy Spirit who does this. This is so important. This is so important for you to hear because he wants to use you in this same capacity. The same capacity. See, David couldn't build the house of the Lord, but he could get everything prepared for it and that include making sure every area, every side had rest. See, David had to do a little bit of fighting. Come on. Listen, we as parents, we're, we're going to have to do a little fighting. There's some giants I don't want my kids having to fight. I want to make sure they don't have to fight that giant. Come on. Listen, I know I know there's broken families in this, in, in here. I know that. I know there is. But let me tell you, you're going to have to fight some battles so that your kids are going to make it and not have to grow up hating God, hating, come on. 
walking in confusion, walking, come on, let me tell you. There's some things if you don't get now before you get married, and I'm talking to the, the ones getting married, there's some things you need to fix now so you don't have to fight, come on, during your marriage. Come on, I, my mama and, and Barbara, before me and Wendy started uh, to get married, they began to break generational curses. Me and Wendy began to break generational curses before we got married. So we didn't have to carry those into our marriage and fight those battles. It, listen, marriage is tough enough because you're trying to be one flesh is trying to be one and you got two fleshes that are totally opposite and you're trying to mesh those. And you feel like you married the devil. I can't, it was years. I'd look right at Wendy and I'd say, I love you. No, you don't. Woman, I just told you I loved you. Huh? See, you don't know all the things that you're battling with. And it's all in the spiritual realm. And it all manifests in your flesh. Oh, my goodness. See, you're preparing, you're preparing, putting some things together, come on, for the house to bring the presence of God into your house. The Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. Come on, man. See, David charges them with the task. Come on, a task is a task. Tasks, you may have all the materials, but there's always going to be problems. Anybody that's done any building, yeah, you got your engineered stamp drawings, but when it gets to the field, there's going to be problems. Somebody ain't going to show up. Somebody going to put a wrong bolt hole. Somebody, come on. There's always going to be problems to deal with. You deal with them in preparing. Come on. So David charges them with this task. And he says, rise, work. There's no limits. See, we are the temple of God being built on a place of process that is never more important than it is in the day in which we live. The very temple that Solomon uh, built, where, where Solomon built the temple of God, is the threshing floor that his daddy had bought for him. His daddy bought a place of process to build the temple, a threshing floor, a place where you get the wheat and the shaft out of the way and burn it so that you can get to the wheat, to the substance, to the product that you're after. Come on. God built the temple and it mandated the temple to be built on that place of process. And when the culture in America took that process out, 
we got lack of faith. Come on. We got lack of people with steadfastness, with resolve. Come on. The title of this message is What is Your Resolve? What is our resolve? And at this time of year, everyone talks about a New Year's resolution, which most never make it out of January. And it's because there's no resolve. There's no resolve. We quit teaching resolve in the late 90s. I mean, in the early, uh, late 80s. We, we quit teaching resolve. See, when it comes to our faith and godly character, there must be resolve. There's no way around it. I can just tell you, when it comes to godly character, that's what he's after. That's why the temple was built on a threshing floor. There has to be resolve. And it's not just, uh, I'm going to make this resolve for 2022. Come on. See, resolve must be clear. Understandable. The word resolve, to reach a firm decision, to declare or decide by formal resolution. See, this is what the next generation is going to be looking at. Your faithfulness and commitment to building the house. The next generation, I'm, I'm going to say it again. And I'm telling you, this is why I feel like this is the most important, powerful word you'll ever hear and the hardest. Because resolve is going to take commitment and endurance and perseverance. And that's what it takes to build your faith. Because when you look in the mirror and you see your own character, you're going to have to have resolve to be able to change that. If there's, it's going to be work to change your character. There's going to be work to change what you're going through. It is not easy not sleeping with your girlfriend until you get married. It's not easy. It's going to take resolve. It's going to take resolve to change a mindset that I'm a man and this is a woman and that's how God made this to be. It's going to take resolve. It's going to take commitment. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? It's going to take change. It's going to take a revolution in your own body to be able to say, God, I want to do this your way, not my way. And if you are prepared to painstakingly make this decision, then God will take you to where you've never even thought you could go. But he says, I've got something for you. But we're going to have to swap. Let me tell you something. Me and Kobe Trent was talking about this a while ago. I can't tell you how many times I quit rodeo. Right? I mean, quit. Because I could start, it, it was... And I always knew it was coming because it, was, it started consuming me. 
I would, I'd be sitting in church and I'd be thinking, oh man, at one o'clock, come on preacher, wrap it up at one o'clock. On Sundays, we buck bulls, didn't we, Mike? And, we, we, and listen, I didn't think you could swing that gate in that arena without me being in it. And so about one o'clock, I'm thinking, come on, preacher, wrap this up. I'm just a new Christian, just come on. I'm like, hey, man, come on, man, you know. And I can't tell you how many times God said, hey, I need that. I, I need that. And man, I would back away from it. And he'd say, okay, now I know it ain't got you. Here, let me give you this back. And you know what he would do every time? When I give it up on this level, he always took me to the next level. But until I could handle giving it up on this level, I could never get to this next level because when I got to the next level, he was going to ask for it back again. Man, somebody needs to hear this this morning. And I'd be going through, and he would give that back, and we would be going, and I mean, we were rocking on, and, and God would say, okay, it's time. It's starting, it's starting to have you, and you're not having it, so I, I need it back. Here you go. I just, you're enough. You're enough for me, God. You're enough. And he would go, now I know. Now I know. Now here. Now I'm fixing to put you in it full time. Now I'm fixing to give you a house, a log house on a hill. Come on running a PRCA rodeo company. Now I'm fixing to get, let me show you. Come on, he's always wanting to. Listen, then I had to be willing to give that up to get here to where I'm at. Come on. Because see, we always knew one day we would have our own, but I couldn't ever get to my own unless I get, come on, man. Just a poor old flank man could barely afford to feed my kids. Now look. Come on, y'all missed all that, what I just said. God had to send somebody down our road to buy us groceries one time from a state I don't even know where they come from or what their name is. We couldn't even afford to feed our kids or the six boys in the bunkhouse and God sent somebody to buy us groceries. What are you not willing to give up? I can't make that decision for you. But I can tell you this, you're going to have to have resolve that you're going to serve God no matter what. That you're willing to pay the price and give up to get. I don't know what God's trying to get you to let go of so that he can give it back better, but somebody in here this morning is real nervous about having to give something up. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. But you're going to have to have 
resolve. You're going to have to have resolve. We have to set our resolve to make it clear that we are going to follow Jesus regardless of what it looks like, how it feels, or how we, what we're hearing. It's going to have to be, thy will be done. Come on. The perfect example was Jesus in the garden. Not thy will, but your will be done. Come on. See, in our, cult, in our culture, resolve is hard to find because we don't teach preserving and enduring through failure and disappointment. We, we don't teach that anymore. We're teaching our kids everything's fair. Let me tell you something. The, oh, my God. The devil's not just going to sit down and take the bench because, you're seven, because he's seven up on you. We have set a horrible precedence in our ball fields. Oh, we're, we're going to make it fair. We're not. Let me tell you something. Devil's going to run score up on you. And then he's going to sit back and laugh and humiliate you and shame you and make you take the bench. He ain't taking the bench. You're going to have to take the fight to him. And too often, we just don't take the fight to the devil. We just let him sit back and just run a rot, just run over us. Come on. Is anybody in here? Are you are y'all okay? See, when we come to the resolve, when, when, when we get to that place, then we can enjoy life. Life will be enjoyable. We are to enjoy life, not endure it. And let me tell you something. When you know, when you have, listen, when you know that this isn't yours, you're just occupying it. And I, we've tried to teach our kids, hey, we hold everything loosely. We hold everything loosely. Why? Because we know God got us here. And what he start, started, he'll finish. When the pandemic hit and we just built a church and was, they wanted to close everything down. Okay. God brought us here. We didn't do this on our own. Trust me. Because if this would have been on our own power... Yeah, we'd have been done. Yeah, we'd have been done. But this, that's not it. God, God brought us this far and he'll see us the rest of the way. Come on, amen? And here's, here's the saddest thing to me about all of this. It, it, and I can hear it. I can hear it. I'm going to wait till. I need to wait till. I, I, I need to wait till I know how, I know more word. I need to wait till I get a little more cleaner. I need to wait. Let me tell you something. If David would have waited till he knew how to put on all the armor, he'd have never killed the giant. 
David didn't say, I'm going to wait till I got a better weapon. The greatest weapon that you have in your arsenal is in the name of Jesus. That's all you got to know. And then the next thing is, Lord, I thank you and I praise you. The greatest weapons in your arsenal is you shoot out there in Jesus' name. I can do this. And Lord, I thank you that it's done. You shoot them two arrows right there, and let me tell you something. You'll find yourself chasing giants instead of running from them. Come on. But what is your resolve? What is your resolve? Romans 4, 3 tells us it was wrecking to him as righteousness. Listen, God reckoned faith to Abraham. He reckoned it to him as righteousness before he even was circumcised. Come on. That takes all the pressure off of you. It's not your righteousness. It's Jesus' righteousness. So you don't have to go, I'm going to wait until. There ain't no till. It's already been done 2,000 years ago. It's already been done. Look in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Listen, this will set you free from I'm going to wait tills. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith. That means, that, listen, let's just stop right there. Let's unpack this one deal right here. It says, having been justified by faith. That is believing and trusting God at what his word says is true. That's all you got to do. Listen, do you believe, listen, everybody in here, do you believe that God is the creator God? Not, no, I'm not talking about mix, I'm not talking about mixing a big bang, come on, in the midst of a creator God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God created, God spoke the universe into being. I'm not talking about an accidental happening. Come on. Because that's where you got to first form, come on, right thinking. We're not mixing evolution and Darwin with the creator. That's not what we're doing here. God spoke and created. Everything outside of that is going to be lined right up. Because when you can put that in right perspective, then you can believe that what God's word says is true. And what his word says about you is true. Because when he spoke the stars into being, he knew your name. He already had a great life for you. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes that you may have life and life abundantly. Now, do you believe that? All right, we, can, we, may, we may proceed. By faith, we have what? Peace 
with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It ain't about you. It's about Jesus. So go on and do. Go on, get your slingshot. Go on, get your rocks. That's the most powerfulest thing in the Bible. David got five rocks. I'm ready for your brothers. Just bring them all on. Come on. Look what it goes on to say. With God through our Lord, peace. You have peace with God. Right where you stand, in the condition you're in, come on, with all your doubts, with all your fears, with all the, all the mess that life is, you have peace with God. With all the bad choices, with all the mistakes, come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? You have peace with God. That sets you free to be able to start winning this battle. And he says, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. That is so powerful. So powerful. We have our introduction. We've all been introduced to this Savior, Jesus Christ, who can fix this mess, who can straighten it out, can rewrite the history. Come on. We have an introduction and we have peace with him to be able to do that. And we're standing in it. Not only this, verse 3, but we also exalt in our tribulations. What? Knowing that tribulation, looking here, brings about perseverance. Perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Are you in here this morning? You ain't got no hope? Then persevere. Because if you can be thankful and grateful in the midst of the tribulation, let me tell you what God's going to do. He is going to work in you a hope. He's going to work in you his, come on, his character. See, that's the process we're in. We're in that process of getting proven character that, yes, we are Christians. Saying a prayer and sitting down and going to church does not make you a Christian. I can't say that enough. What makes you a Christian is your faithfulness to believe and trust God in building the house. That's what makes you a Christian. That's what makes you a believer when there's proven character to say, yes, he has. Come on. And hope, look at verse 5. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, that's why when you started coming to church, started believing and started seeing this Jesus for who he is, the Holy Spirit came and he started working on you. And now them old habits that you've had are... are, are making you miserable. The old things that you used to do making you miserable. Those old thoughts 
that's sneaking around, come on, pornography, come on, drugs, all these things, you know, screaming at your kids, come on. All these things that you used to could do, now you just, it, it just, it grates on you. Who's been there? Oh, man, the rest of you, we'll, we'll talk about lying next week. And so, all these things, it just, it kind of grates on you a little bit. It's because God's working and squeezing on that character a little bit. See, we constantly praise when under pressure, knowing that the pressure is developing godly character that he will not disappoint us. See, that's a mindset. That's a mindset. And the mindset has not been that I'm going to praise and I'm going to be thankful in the midst of pressure. See, your mindset has to change because when your mindset changes, then your words will change. And when your words change, then your actions start changing. And when your actions start changing, then your character, your, your habits will start changing. Then your character changes. Come on. See, you got to work on these thoughts. I can't keep doing those same old things. I can't keep hanging out with those same people. Let me tell you something. There's some of y'all that, that are, leave, listen, watching by. You got to change the people you're hanging with. You got to change that. If they're negative, if they're ungodly, listen. Yeah, you can, you can talk to them. Yeah. Don't be bound together with them. You, you want to be able to minister to them, but there's sometimes in your state of mindset right now, you're not ministering to them. And sometimes you have to separate, then get stuff going on, then you can be able to minister to them. See, that's like I don't believe in missionary dating. And I see, a lot of, I see a lot of that. And I praise God for when it does work out, but a lot of times it don't work out. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. See, we got to know that he is faithful. Romans 15, 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. To get hope in the word of God, what do we have to have? Perseverance and encouragement. And so we, we, we have to have people that can encourage us, hey, keep persevering, keep enduring. It's gonna work out. It's gonna happen. Come on, God's gonna make a way. God can make a way. Listen, there's no limits to what God can do with you. There's no limits. See, and as a body of believers, we should have one voice of hope and not be a doom and gloom. Come on. We, we got lots of doom and gloom out there. The last time I looked, this was the good news. It's called the good news. It's not the doom and gloom news. It's the good news where you, where you have power and authority over the enemy. Pestilence, plagues, 
pandemics. See, we have authority over all of that. No matter what's going on in our culture. Come on. See, deceived people don't know they're deceived. And when the church got focused on nothing but doom and gloom and going and rapture and antichrist and, and all, listen, our focus got shifted and we quit occupying and doing what we're supposed to do here right now. It's sad to me that most Christians don't understand all of the powerful word that they have for their life right now. Right now. See, James chapter 1. Man, I've got 56 seconds. We're not going to make it. It's just a suggestion. We're not going to make it. James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it all joy. Oh, man, what? My brethren, oh, that's a nice word. When you encounter various trials, how many of y'all went into that? Oh, I just, I count it all joy. Yeah, just devil, throw everything in. Count it all joy. Nobody, but we're supposed to. But when we get the right mindset, come on. Then we count it all joy. We count it all joy. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, why would you need all that in heaven? We don't. We need to know this now, how to be joyful here now. Come on. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, here's something about wisdom you need to understand. If you ask God for wisdom... He'll give it. You may not like who it comes from, and you may not like how you get it, but let me tell you, 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 you got to learn how to receive it. See, a lot of times it feels like the preacher's stepping on your toes. But wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And it is wisdom that says, hey, God, there's going to be a pressure cooker. There's going to be some trials, and it's working on your endurance. So let endurance have its perfect result so that you're not lacking in nothing. Come on, are y'all with me? Because, see, when we get to lacking, we stop growing and going to the next level. See, you got to learn that you can't go to the next level till you get this level right. That's why we get to a place a lot of times in our walk with Christ and we just stop and we're miserable, we leave the church. 
Why? Because we had no resolve and we quit enduring, we quit persevering, and so we just stopped and then all of a sudden it's God's fault, it's my fault, I've offended you, uh, everybody in here offends you. And Come on. We're heretics. We, oh, I've heard it all. Come on, are y'all with me? But look what he says. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Man, it's so powerful. See, this is for now. See, when we learn that endurance yields fruit, oh my goodness. Endurance yields fruit. You need to write that down. You need to put that on your ice box, on your mirror. This is what helps your resolve. Endurance produces fruit. Endurance brings a yield. It's life. See, that's when life becomes enjoyable. Because there's a perfect result and it's joy. <laughs> See, that's why it's so important that we have a constant diet of spiritual food. You have to have a constant diet of spiritual food. Deuteronomy 8, and he humbled, in verse 3, and he humbled you and let you be hungry, fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Come on, how amazing was it that they would have only had to eat manna for 11 days, but yet because of their complaining, griping, they wouldn't get their mindset right. They had to eat it for 40 years. I don't want to have to keep eating the same old thing for 40 years. I know I'm hard-headed. Come on. I know I can be stubborn, and God's been working that out of me. And let me tell you something, but he can work it out. And let me tell you, he'll work it out of you till you get it because he loves you that much. And he's always going, man, I got so much more for you. If you can just understand, I got grapes that big waiting on you. I got stuff, you, milk and honey just pouring out of logs, just pour, it's everywhere. It's more than enough. If you can learn to do some exchanging, learn to do some enduring, persevering, overcoming. Come on, are y'all hearing me? See, Jesus even backs this up again in Matthew 4, 4. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Out of the mouth of God. This is so important. Who are you believing right now? His, his blood speaks a better word. 
shouting down the lies. Come on. It's rewriting my history. Come on. Whose word are you listening to? Are you listening to the word that has formed galaxies that, that you can't count the stars in? Listen, they just launched a new telescope. Did y'all hear about that? Launched the new telescope? Huh, they're fixing to see how big God really is. When they honed old Hubble in, when they finally got Hubble fixed and they got it honed in on one little bitty black dot that they always thought these black holes that the universe, listen, all these great thinkers, come on, these people that are doing these, all this thinking, that these black holes, God is just turning them upside down on their head. They, they don't even understand. Oh, man, the universe is just going to suck into one of these black holes one day. And then they focus in on one of these black holes with old Hubble, which is like looking through a scope compared to what they just sent out there. And they're looking with Hubble in this one little bitty black hole out there, and they find trillions and billions more galaxies and stars that are so, they just would swallow, one would swallow ours. And then they're trying to figure out how wrong we were, but how can we still make it right to sound like we're not idiots? Let's make a bigger telescope. And let's find out. I, I'm just going to go on and tell you right now before the images start coming. What they're hoping is, is that they can find where it's all being sucked in. But what they're going to find is it's all going forward because the word of God spoke it into being. And it's not going to suck in. It's going to go out because God is always expanding. He's not disappearing. And that's free from a, just an old bull man, flank man. <laughs> hey, trust me. It says God will confound the wise with the foolish. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> Luke eight fifteen. the seed in the good soil there, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. You know the greatest thing that changed my life is when I figured out 99% of my problems were my fault. Wasn't the devil's fault. Come on, remember that some of y'all, y'all, there's only a handful is gonna remember this. The Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. I remember growing up, the devil made me do it. Uh-uh. Come on. 99% of my problems was my fault. Because his word has already spoken everything for me to be victorious. He put the devil 
under my feet. And when I wouldn't put him back there, come on. See, when we hear the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit, look here, with perseverance. When we stay, when we commit, when we're faithful, come on, that word's going to bear fruit. It's going to bear fruit. When we're honest, it'll bear fruit. Consistency, enduring, abide, remain, patience, perseverance. Perseverance, continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties. Come on, that's what we need to be teaching. That's what we need to be teaching. Continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. The action or condition or instant of preserving. In other words, steadfast. We're just going to be steadfast. Listen, how awesome would it be for us to have our own school to be able to teach this? Let me just throw that out there. Anybody listening? We need a school. We need our own school. We need to be able to pour into our kids what the Word of God says. So I'm just throwing this out there to everybody watching everywhere. I need a big check. Hey, you have not because you have not. Listen, if we want to see change in our lives and in our families, in our communities, they have to see fruit that only comes from consistent perseverance, enduring, remaining relationship with Jesus Christ. I want my children and my grandchildren to know that my God was God. And the only way I can do that is if I persevere, consistently set my heart to seek him. Come on. It's the only way. I, I don't want to have to preach to my children and grandchildren. I want them to catch. Come on. This is how daddy lived. Was he perfect? Heck no. My kids will tell you I ain't perfect. But what they will tell you is that I followed Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. See, we, we must have a resolve to stand, to stand on, hold on to the word of God and stick with it until we see a harvest. That takes resolve. Hebrews 11, 
said, by faith, man, Taylor knocked it out of the park. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful. Listen, this morning, have you considered him faithful? That's the most powerfulest word that I've heard. Have you considered him faithful? Because see, that's what our belief should be. Our very belief system is that he is faithful even no matter how old I get, he can still make the plumbing work. And give me the strength to raise a child at 100 years old. I tell people all the time, child rearing is a young man's sport. Get it done early. That's why people look at us and go, you got how many kids and how many grandkids? I said, it's a young man's sport. You got to start early. Come on. She considered him faithful. Regardless of what was going on, how she felt, Come on. What society would say. She had to even go what society, what is normal to have kids when you're young. Come on. She she totally went against what was normal. And considered God to be faithful who had promised. Listen. There's so many promises in this word. You have to consider him faithful and it doesn't matter what your age is or where you're at in life. Consider him faithful and you'll receive the promise. It doesn't matter what's going on in culture or our society, who's in office, come on, what your life is going through at the moment. It, uh, none of that matters. What matters is you consider him faithful. So powerful. It should give us hope and strength and strengthen our resolve when we know and consider him faithful. Hebrews 12, 11, all, disi all discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. And that's what's so hard about these kind of messages because they all often always reach right down in the midst of us. But let me tell you something, I wouldn't be the spiritual father to you if I didn't, come on, at some point, Say, hey, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to work on our resolve. We're going to have to work on our endurance. We're going to have to work on our perseverance. We're going to have to make sure, listen, because if, if I don't, let me tell you something. The enemy's going to come in. He's going to destroy your lives. He's going to destroy your life. And all discipline for the moment seems to, be, to not be joyful but sorrowful, yet those who have been trained by it, those who have been trained by it, 
afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Wherever you're at right now, whatever you're going through right now, whatever struggles, whatever fights and battles you're going through right now, let me tell you something. If you are willing to set your heart that your resolve is to have godly character, it will yield a peaceful, no matter the turmoil you're in. Listen, we get in turmoils. This is for the living here and now to be able to occupy and to build. Listen, when you come here, you're not just coming. You're building something here. You're a part of something here of restoration, redemption, and rewriting stories. That's what you're a part of here where an enemy's tried to come and destroy lives, you're coming here going, hey, you know what? There's hope. There's hope. You know what? I can change and watch Jesus rewrite my story. I can change to see Jesus rewrite my story. I can endure, I can persevere for them. No matter what I've just went through, no matter what I just went through, no matter the bad choices that got me here, I can change so that my kids, come on, my resolve can be I'm going to have godly character. My resolve is, come on. And here's what I want to tell you. David is a type of Christ. Y'all stand with me. David is a type of Christ. And he says, I have painstakingly prepared everything for you to build. I have painstakingly prepared everything that you need to build a life with God in it. Oh man, come on. Everything that you need to build a life that yields a peaceful fruit because God is in it, He painstakingly prepared already. And he says, hey, and you know what? You can even add to it. 
there's no limit. When Christianity started limiting, there's no limits on what you can do for Christ. There's no limits. I'm here. If you're here and consider yourself a member of this body, here's what your spiritual daddy is telling you. There's no limits on you. There's no limits on you, Chad. You can do whatever you want to. You can take as much of the kingdom of heaven as you want. You just take it in. Damien, it's all yours for the taking. It's all yours. Travis, it's all yours. No limits on how far God can take you and your family. What he can do with your children. Shallow, there's no limits on you, son. You want to be a pro bass fisher? Oh, he said, his baby just jumped. His hand, I seen his hand start sweating. Look, he's... You want to go catch a bass for Jesus? Son, there ain't no limits on you. There's no limits on what you can do when you figure out why you're doing it. Adam, there's no limits on you, son, on what you can do when you figure out the why. There's no limit on how big your God is. Your God is big. And I come in last night Jess is pulling down the road and they just got in from a barrel race and they're all happy. She won. Woo woo. Yeah. She had our granddaughter. She had Josh and Keisha's daughter in the back and they're all pumped. And, and I told Wendy, I said, how awesome is that? How amazing. I could have never in a million years seen that moment. My kids running all over the United States hauling some of the rankest bulls. I could have never in a billion years seen that. Come on, you watch CBS Sports, you'll see them. I could have never in my life seen how God could put back a family together. I couldn't see that. But you know what? We endured through it. We pushed and persevered, and now it's yielding the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Come on, I can't. I can't tell you how amazing it is once we figure out that he's got something so much better. Your dreams and your visions that he's instilled in you are still too little. 
Listen, he's given you a glimpse, but he couldn't give it all to you. Your mind can only handle so much. It's like the Hubble telescope. It can only handle so much. You can't take in all the light. Oh my God, come on, somebody's gotta get this. You can't take in all the light. And that's why you're in a process because you're gonna be handling more and more images as you get close. Come on, man. Mark, you got new knees so you can go. Tyler, man, no limits, son. That is, that is a young man without limits. who's expanding his borders. But let me tell you, it's only a beginning. I see Daniel was. Come on now. I'm telling you, no limits. But you've got to be willing to make some exchanges. I just feel like for a moment, I just feel like for a moment, we need to make some exchanges. And here's what I want to do. And I, I know we're, but I don't care. I don't. I don't. Here's what I want to do. You know there's some things you need to exchange. And as, listen, God always wants us to make that first step. God's always wanting us to make that first step, to make that exchange. You know you've been putting limits on some things. You Listen, you may be in here this morning and, and, and you just say, man, I, I, I got it. I, I, I want to I exchange what I got even more. You know there's some things that needs to change. You know you want more. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And this altar, praise God, is big enough. And we'll just fan out. But I want you to come this morning and I want you to exchange. You just come up here and just lift your hands and say, Lord, I need to make that exchange. I need to make the exchange. Lord, I'm sorry. I put some limits on you. I need to make an exchange. Lord, I know there's more. Come on, press in. You know what changed the woman at the, the, that had the blood order and issue is she pressed through the crowd. I know I need to exchange some things. Come on, it's hard decisions that need to be changed. I know it is. 
its mindsets, its attitudes. And yes, it's work. I get it. It's work. But I can tell you, it's worth it. It's so worth it. So come to Moses and they're, they're, they're complaining to Moses about how manna has lost its taste. It's become, they, they've had too much of it. Well, God never intended for them to live on it that long. And, and they still had the mindset of thinking, going back and thinking what they had ate while they were enslaved to Egypt. And, and the whole thing about that is, is God had something more for them. But the thing that separated Joshua and Caleb from them is, is they could not change their mindset from being captive to taken captive. And they found themselves reflecting on what they were in Egypt. Wow. And they spent too long in the season that they were in. Man, so good. In this 2022 New Year, New You, this fast... In, a, in all of this, if you find yourself going, you know what, it, it, it tasted just a little bit better back there. This is kind of tough. It, it was just a little bit better back there. You, you've spent too long in your season. And God's got something for you. Wow, that's so But good. don't waste your time in the wilderness Come on, when all good. it is, is 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 changing your mind from being captive to taking captive. Wow, that is so good. Mm. Man, that's good. Yeah. You were never meant to be a captive. You were meant to take and possess. My goodness. Um, so I've been really just sitting over there and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to say anything, but the more we just keep going, I, I just really feel strongly that there's someone in here or there's multiple people in here. They're just dealing with not feeling good enough. It's good. And, uh, come on. Come, as, on. come on. You got this. As someone who has dealt with not feeling good enough most of my life. Come on. Uh, I can say that you're never going to be good enough like because it's not about you. The freedom is found when you realize it's not about you but it's about God in you. Come on. Man, that's so good. Because you in and of yourself are damaged. You in and of yourself are broken. You in and of yourself are never going to be good enough. So good. But when you take hold of a, 
that God, I, I give my all to you and it's not about me, but it's about you. And you, you just take everything that God has to instill in you. And that's really when you step into that, that new calling. Um, that's right. Because here's the deal. No one in the Bible, <laughs> no one was in a place where they were good enough to pursue the calling on their life. No one. And the people that thought they were weren't good enough. They had to be torn down to get on the level to where God can build them back up. Ooh, so my, you just need my, to know my. today that if you have a, a dream or a vision that, God, that God's given you and you just don't feel good enough, you don't feel like you're that person, you don't feel like you're ever gonna be where that is, you need to know that it's not about you, it's about God being in you and letting that be your good enough because God never calls the equipped and qualified. That's right. He qualifies. Qualifies, yeah. He, he, he calls you and then he uh, equips you and qualifies you. Yeah, that's good. All right, here's what we're gonna do, Reno. Just leave it on. Now, if you're in here and that's you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold your hands up. Reno's gonna pray over you right where you're at. Come on, I see the hands. God, we just thank you today, Lord. We thank you that in our own right, we're never gonna be good enough, but it doesn't matter because you're all we need, God. And you're not all we need, but you're more than enough than we need, God. Yes. God, I just ask you today that you enter our hearts, God, and that you remove fear in our life, God, that you remove fear of stepping out, you remove fear of not being good enough, God. God, I speak against self-doubt, Lord. I speak against brokenness, God. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you activate passion, God. Yes. That you activate pursuing the calling and the vision on our lives, God. Spirit, I pray that you you breathe fl- fresh revelation, God, and, and fresh vision and fresh dreams, God. That nothing's ever big, too big for you, God. Thank you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to give us wisdom and a firm foundation to build upon, God. it out, God, that that you're our firm foundation, Lord. Yes. That it's not anything we do in and of ourselves, God, but it's about you in us, and, and as we grow closer and closer to you, the further it takes us, Lord. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, I just thank you today, Lord, for your love. Yes. That you would even call us, God. we know 
that there are far more worthy people than us, Lord, but you wanted us, you picked us, Lord. Thank you, Father. You picked us for a purpose. You picked us for this time, God. God, I speak a spirit of boldness in our lives, God. Yes. That we be able to, to step boldly. change our own mindsets, attitudes, and Lord, we want to go and possess and take what you have for us, what you've promised to us. When we can trust you, God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.